welcome to the Get the Acceptance Letter podcast. I'm Dr. Treasure Shields Redmond, and I'm known as the debt-free degree expert. I help busy parents of college-bound teens secure top-tier education without massive debt. And I do that at Get the Acceptance Letter dot online. You've come to the right place if you are a parent, guardian, or stakeholder, such as a sponsor, teacher, counselor, who's worried about your college-bound teen and how you're going to pay for college. Look, the amount of student loan debt has risen to the trillions, and it doesn't seem to be any relief in sight. Listen to this podcast to receive valuable tools, tips, and strategies to help your kiddo land at a school where they will blossom and without crushing student loan debt. How scholarship committees think. That is what I'm talking about. And Um, I'm really kind of using the most recent scholarship I posted as a way to talk about how scholarship committees think. So the most recent scholarship I posted is one of those ones that I gave you a heads up about earlier this week. It has passed its deadline. But if you've been watching my um, live videos, then you know that there is no such thing as an expired scholarship. So what does that mean? That means when you come across a scholarship and you go, wow, that would really fit my college bound team, that I am a parent, teacher, sponsor, um, relative, or some sort of stakeholder for this would this would be good for them. They fit all of the eligibility requirements. And, but this is past the deadline. Well, what you should do is put the link to the scholarship on your phone about 30 days before the deadline would pass again in the upcoming year. So this one said that it had to be postmarked by February 1. And I'm talking about the most recent scholarship I posted um, on Instagram and Facebook. And it had to be postmarked by February 1, uh, which means that I would probably do like January 1 of 2022. And that's where I would put... um, the link for this scholarship and a little bit of information that I copied and pasted from the site. That way on January 1, it will pop up and I go, oh my God, let me remind this college bound team that I love that this scholarship is coming up. Hey, Chris, how's it going? So the most recent scholarship that I posted was a national uh, scholarship created by a national sorority for women called Delta Theta Chi sorority. And there was a a national scholarship application. So I am going to click on that scholarship application and talk a little bit about what I really want to go into, which is 
how scholarship committees think. This is so, so important. Now, as I am looking at that video, and you could do the same thing too, if you happen to be on an, on an electronic device, other than a phone probably, you could either open up another tab or open up another app while leaving this video open and look at the video, but you can do it after you and I talk a bit as well. So this most recent scholarship, the Delta Theta Chi Sorority Scholarship, um, it has an application that you can click on and that you should fill out completely and then uh, mail in at the old school, snail mail. <laughs> old school, go to a post office <laughs> or put, you know, postage on an envelope with this inside of it and then put it in a mailbox. So it asks for typical demographic information. First point, scholarship applications must be filled out completely. If you don't, and there are a lot of applicants, this becomes one of the barriers to entry. Because if I'm sitting around, as I have been, with two other busy women, <laughs> and we volunteered our time, in order to look at scholarship applicants, we're really, and it, it may sound cynical and it may not sound nice, but we're looking for a way <clears throat> to shorten our work. This is not our job. This is a volunteer position. We want to have an applicant's uh, submission just really stand out. And for us to feel like we've done a good thing <laughs> by picking this young person and giving them the $1,500 or the $1,000 or the $2,500, whatever it is that, that we're giving them, all right? So when we open up the application, if there are a lot of applicants and it's not filled out completely, it goes over to the, we're not even considering you pile unless we then look at the other people and so much foolishness that it makes us dip back <laughs> into the we're not even considering you because you you couldn't be bothered to put your name on the name line all right so moving down the application it says all applicants must currently reside in the u.s or a territory of the u.s the application must be submitted through a local chapter of this service for uh, sorority if you don't know of a chapter, it says you can contact the national chairperson and they'll give you information about the local chapter. So let's say that you live in um, you live in Madison, Illinois, right? That's a community not too far from me. And you realize I've never heard of this sorority. What, what is this? You then email this person that they say you should email. And they tell you, oh yeah, our large chapter is actually about 30 minutes away from you in St. Louis, Missouri. It's across the Mississippi River, but it's not too far from you. We know that you live in the St. Louis metropolitan area. So that's who you should contact. So you would have to submit it through that person. That means they need to know you're applying to the scholarship and they will probably add some piece of documentation that you have to put in the envelope in order for it to be 
in order for it to be considered for this scholarship. So that's number two. Remember, there are three volunteer women. We're making them up. I'm one of them because I've been on scholarship committees before. It doesn't pay. It's a volunteer position. It's not something you want to spend a whole lot of time on. And we open up the packet and it hasn't been submitted through the sorority. Whatever that thing is that you needed to prove it was submitted through the sorority is not present. That's getting put in the we're not even going to consider it and we're not even going to dip back into it if we have to pile. All right. Then as you move down the application, it says, read carefully, answer all questions, attach the following and return to the address by the postmark date. So let's talk about that, that postmark date. If it is not postmarked by that date, it's not going to be considered. What does that mean? We live in a, in a new uh, world with a lot of young people who have access to much faster means of communication than snail mail. <laughs> so postmark may be like, what is postmark? So when you put information, uh, a letter, a card, uh, an application form inside of an envelope, you seal it, you put your address in the upper left-hand corner, and you put the address of where you're sending it near the lower right corner of your envelope. Then when you put stamps on it, let's say you went and bought stamps from Walgreens or from a actual post office, when you turn it into a post office, they stamp the stamp. They have a wet device that puts a mark that has a date on it. It says this stuff was received on this date, right? And usually if you get your correspondence into a post office before a certain time in the day, it'll receive a postmark from that day. There you have it. So it has to be postmarked by February 1. These are the items that have to be inside of the envelope. But let me take a second to look on Facebook because I'm on a different screen and there may be people commenting. So I'm gonna go see if people are commenting. Okay, no comments. No, no comments yet. So these are the things that need to be inside of the envelope. Number one, transcript of your grades. So if you're a high school student and this um, scholarship is actually for people in college and those who are going to college. So it would be for high school seniors and people who are currently in college. Awesome. So they want a transcript doesn't have to be an official. Official means it hasn't been touched by the applicant. It's in a sealed envelope or it's sent uh, directly from the institution. This isn't that. And I'll talk more about that in a bit. They want you to have uh, official documentation of your test scores if you're a high school applicant. So that means you need to go up on the ACT site or the SAT site 
and uh, download your scores. You really should create a document where you keep up with all of your uh, usernames and passwords. They also want a paragraph giving a brief description of courses, intended major, and why you want to further your education. So hopefully, if you're a college-bound team, you already have a college entrance essay that talks about why you're interested in college, what, what you're passionate about, what you might want to give to the world uh, after you receive your training in college, right? Um, they want uh, only applications sent through the mail, no email applications. They want one letter of reference. So a recommendation letter from somebody, and it says, other than a relative. So this needs to be, I would recommend that you just have three recommendation letters. This is what I tell all of my client families. Two from academic sources, one from a non-academic source. So an example would be your um, AP Lit teacher, um, your chemistry teacher, and your youth pastor or your history teacher, your, um, your um, science, biological sciences teacher, and your Girl Scout sponsor, right? So two academic, one from uh, extracurricular or service, rites of passage, club, that sort of thing. And then the final thing that they want, uh, it says, after letter of reference, it says scholarships must be accepted in the year they are awarded and cannot be delayed. And they also want a small photo of you. Now, let's talk about these transcripts and these photos because there's a method to the madness. This video is titled, Why, uh, How uh, Scholarship Committees Think. And we're coming to a close. So scholarship committees have been burned in the past. There have been like 40-year-old dudes <laughs> applying to scholarships and earning them <laughs> because the scholarship committee didn't ask for an official transcript and a photo. So when you apply to many scholarships, they ask for a regular the transcript that you could either download from your school's website or you could go and ask the very nice um, secretary to print out for you. She may even stamp draft all over it. They don't care. They just need to see if you have the GPA initially. Once you're in the running to win, that is when they will ask for vetting official documents. So that's when they're going to ask for a sealed transcript, an official transcript sent from the institution. Hey! And that is when they're going to ask for a photo of the college-bound team. Why? To make sure you're not a 40-year-old dude <laughs> applying to scholarships, scamming them, and potentially embarrassing them, <laughs> which has happened in the past <laughs> to some scholarship committees. The very final thing that they say at the end of the application is this. It says... <clears throat> Um, if an award is made to me and I'm not accepted by the college or university named, or if I do not attend school for the date specified, 
or I receive a full scholarship from another source, the granting of this scholarship will be void. So oftentimes, um, college-bound teens and their families ask me, well, Dr. Redmond, I'm applying to several schools. I'm not quite sure right now which one I'm going to go to. I'm kind of choosing between two or three or four or five. What if I put down UT Austin? What if I put down uh, Howard? What if I put down um, uh, Pepperdine and I wind up going somewhere else? This language says that you just have to be going somewhere and you have to have proof that you've been accepted there. That's what the language says. The language also says that if you start, if you take a gap year and you decide not to go, they're not going to hold that money for you. They're going to move to the next most qualified applicant. And it also says that if you get a full ride and you actually don't need the cash, that they will not, um, they're going to move on to the next most qualified applicant as well. So in other words, don't worry about the fact that your college choice may change. No scholarship committee, no one with integrity is going to take the money because you're going to a different college than the one you put on your application. So with that being said, I've enjoyed talking to you about how scholarship committees uh, think. And one of the things that we're looking at is we just want you to have the basic things off top and then we make that the pile that we consider applicants. So for this scholarship, that would mean that it's mailed in, that it has proof that you went through the a local chapter, that you filled out the application completely, that you have those four or five things that we asked for, um, and uh, that it's all turned in on time. Once you've done that, then you're in the running to earn this scholarship. And let me tell you, a lot of people don't do that. So these tips and strategies that I'm sharing with you are really, really valuable. Look, I will see you guys the next time we talk. But if in between that time you think I'm overwhelmed, I am mystified, I need this type of one-on-one -on -one help, I'm worried about how my family is going to pay for college. You can DM me. You can comment on this platform, or you can go to gettheacceptanceletter.online. And I will see you good people next time.